Hello everyone and welcome back to Boss DK the podcast where we keep it real. We hope you enjoyed the previous episode where Pradeep Hegde and Dheeraj Aital shared their incredible experience filming the documentary The Last Hope. If you have a unique story to tell, then hit me up on Instagram or reach out to DK on LinkedIn. In today's episode, if you have seen any of our shows, you are sure to be moved, inspired and awestruck at just the sheer ingenuity of how something this beautiful was brought to life through dance. Her commitment to the art of dance and in life is generally inspiring. And while her journey with Nritha Rutya and to the phenomenal success may seem like a breeze, there is a lot of hard work and persistence that has gone and still goes into making her the phenomenon that she is. We are extremely thrilled to have Mayuri Upadhyay as our guest on Boost DK today. Mayuri started dancing from as young as she can remember and started the building blocks of her dance company in her teens. A dancer's choreographer, entrepreneur, dreamer and visionary, today Mayuri Upadhyay is renowned for delivering visual renditions of imagination. Over the last two decades, Mayuri has created some of the most memorable work which demonstrates her superlative capability to conceptualize and choreograph on a wide range of themes in an equally wide array of spaces like Madhushala, Madhur Milan, Make in India Week opening ceremony, Mirzia and many many more. She is also the principal choreographer for the magnum opus Mughali Azam musical. winner of numerous awards including the manav ratna for contribution in the field of arts and culture and international competition for choreography concept in south korea mayuri is driven by her passion for bringing innovation in art she is redefining the way dance is perceived appreciated and treated welcome to the boss dk podcast mayuri hi thank you guys i'm really looking forward to this and i think i'm going to enjoy this a lot thank you both for calling me Now Mayuri your journey of Rutrutya actually started I think in 2000 right so it's been like two decades since Rutrutya was founded and I think you've just gone from strength to strength uh since the time it actually came about uh can you talk to us about the journey with Rutrutya Okay so um Rutrutya actually I think started not with a conscious plan I always knew that dance is something I enjoy I'm very passionate about but at the time that it started there was and I think even now uh, to a great extent there is no clear defined structure you know when you call dance uh, your profession the methods the steps the stages of evolution it's a, it's not very clear right so um i think maybe it started somewhere in my childhood days um in in my math class i i particularly think it's my math class because i hated math my teacher would start writing formulas on the uh, you know board and i would just switch off there and i would enter my own uh, world of fantasy and imagination i feel like it was my way to creatively escape into a different zone and a tangent and that was the foundation for nrutrutya to happen even in college um i deepa you are a witness to this i would hardly be in class and i think i would be more seen on stage rehearsing practicing uh 
and if they if I had a nine nine o'clock class, I would sometimes end up six thirty a.m. in the morning to rehearse on stage. So I was kind of obsessed and mad about this need um, to find a relationship with dance, and that relationship helped me find myself. So Nutrutya, to a great extent, is one of the elements in that journey of finding myself. And to me, um, when I started Rutharutya was um, the second day of wrapping up college. So I finished writing exams and um, I had a bunch of girls from college who said they would want to continue dancing with me. And I had to find a way to make that happen. So I really enjoyed teamwork. I, I enjoyed managing them, you know, teaching dance, choreographing. So that whole team spirit is something which was equally exciting for me as much as dance. So after completing college, the next day I wore a backpack. Uh, I designed a very, very ugly looking brochure, okay, <laughs> with terrible pictures taken on my balcony. And uh, we, we'd kind of done some kind of a collage of it in black and white with a red border. And that was the first marketing tool to say. Uh, but uh, more than that, um, I ended up going door to door like a salesman to event companies to, uh, you know, uh, and I, I kind of asked an opportunity to hand over this um, uh, pamphlet that I designed and also to kind of um, get an opportunity to talk to somebody about what I do. And I think in that conversation, um, some of them saw merit or some of them saw um, an enthusiastic girl, you know. So that led to an opportunity and one opportunity led to another. So Nritharutya became a foundation for a lot of creative minds and um, uh, fantastic bodies to come together and it's continuing to do that. So from uh, wandering away in thought in math class to walking door to door, giving away your pamphlets and your brochures, to also being some, behind some of the most successful shows in the country, uh, when you were actually doing those shows which were up on television and with celebrities and all of that, what were you feeling like? How, how, how did you feel? Um, I think when you're in the, in the action and the activity, you don't realize it as much. But once, once you finish the creation and it goes on to the next stage where the audience is receiving it, that's when you realize the impact and the magnitude of what has just happened. Um, I think with each, especially with creative professions, I think with each project, um, there, is, there is so much uncertainty and there's so much um, uh, high extremes of success and failure. It's not a very balanced path. It's not a predictable path. The quotient of risk is so high. So with every project, I kind of had a very, very different um, learning. And I can very frankly tell you that sometimes when it's a success and when it's a high and people enjoy it more than the money or the credit or the fame, the the memories and the emotions that you take back from a project is fantastic. Oh. 
like um, when when you do live stage shows right i've had some of the most interesting compliments or feedback from audience like when um, uh, one of my traditional dance pieces i had an old woman come to me and say now i'm ready to die i've seen this dance and um, you know uh, it i now i think i've seen some of the most beautiful things so god bless you i've had people come with tears and you know say thank you and uh, i'll never forget this experience uh, there are people some of the youngsters come and fall at your feet some of them um, are in, even disturbed how can you do this you know they they question you they challenge you it's shaken them up sometimes when you put something thought provoking and experimental um and every every avenue has a different uh, uh, you know um, effect like when you do reality shows the impact a reality show has is unbelievable so stage shows has a very live electrifying impact whereas a reality show has a life changing impact you know so and and the kind of stardom a reality show gives you is is unbelievable and i feel like it's a right example for maya loka you can completely get sucked into this illusion or it can ground you more yeah so i've been in a lot of uh, situations where a lot of people have come up and said you know please take a picture autograph you know so i've been in that and i've also seen the kind of um, i think the magic that you were able to create with the kind of compositions you put up on stage mayuri because i think i've been in a couple of your prayog shows it's beautiful i mean i think right from right from the first frame that goes up on you know on the screen to the end of it and i think the way you mingle with your audience right after the show it is beautiful it's magical it's thought provoking and i i would only expect people to have that kind of reaction to your work right but the question is how do you manage to get this kind of inspiration it's it's like a piece of art that you actually go out and put out there so how do you draw inspiration how do you come up with this mm i think you know people think creativity and inspiration all this can it, it, it's 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 erratic it's loose it happens in the spur of a moment um i feel like it's even finding inspiration is a process a method because inspiration actually is everywhere uh, right um, even a tree can be inspiring if you look at it uh, the shape of it the the way it branches out the texture of a tree the the color of a leaf it's it's design in itself so how do you find inspiration i think you have to question your own perspectives you have to constantly find what is turning your mojo on so for me sometimes um, when it's a tired day actually doing nothing is inspiring sometimes going on a run or listening to uh, aerosmith and um, bon jovi is like a huge uh, inspiration for me 
um, sometimes watching another performer is a huge high. Reading comic books, Calvin and Hope's to Asterix to Chandamama, Vikram or Betal is a huge inspiration for me. Eating my amma's um, home-cooked meal, like uppit in middle of a most <laughs> stressful day and having that cup of tea and telling her what is the worst thing happening is actually inspiring for me. Uppit with sauce, no? <laughs> no, no. Uppit with curds. Good. Laced with a little bit of sugar. <laughs> the most predictable thing which uh, people think creative people find inspiration in their own field. But for me, when I actually want creativity and more inspiration, I look for life in itself and I look for non-dance elements. And for me, that adds a lot of creativity. And I think I, with creativity also, uh, with inspiration also comes um, a lot of uh, non-inspiring moments. You know, like in a very strange way, you need a balance of both. You will only be charged up when you are, when your battery levels are down. So I feel like um, it's, you can't constantly be inspired. You have to allow yourself to completely exhaust and then again come back to that zone. So even if you have all the inspirational elements that you spoke of, you have run into creative creator's block. Absolutely. I constantly run into uh, creative blocks. And sometimes it's very scary because um, when you're in middle of a project, when you just have to deliver, especially when you're working for a client and you have a deadline and you have to, they, when you get a job, people are expecting you to do amazing things, right? And creativity is not instant coffee, right? You can't, you can't come up with amazing things just on the spur like that. So um, I feel like um, creative blocks, I've had many, many, many. What do you do to overcome them? Um, I don't have a formula. Frankly, I don't know how I overcome it. Sometimes I pray. (laughs) 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 Vishnu Sahasranama, (laughs) you know. And I ask for, sometimes I talk to magic elves and fairies around and say, please take over the responsibility and deliver something nice. Sometimes, um, I think, um, you know, I, uh, we put a lot of onus on ourselves to, to overcome things, uh, like a creative block. I mean, sometimes I just give up my, uh, I cut the strings and I say, let's go with the flow and be spontaneous. So Let the universe take over. Absolutely. So there isn't one formula I wish I could tell you and actually maybe if there was I wouldn't put it out in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) trade secret (laughs) yeah we can we can talk about it after the podcast Um, (laughs) so uh, you you choreograph uh, you know large productions and I'm guessing creative people like you and especially in the kind of art that you're in you expect a certain level of perfection or you strive towards perfection in everything that you do right um, but you also work with large productions, which means perfection is not lim- limited to you. You have to translate that perfection to multiple people, their moves, their actions and everything, their behavior, attitude, all of it. How do you achieve that? Because without that, I don't think anything can be successful. I don't know who said it. Um, they said, uh, I think, was it Einstein who said, uh, you can... Uh, 
perfection is something you can never reach um, and uh, you can be rest assured that you'll never reach that goal of perfection uh, yeah. so i i i think that's so true and even in art sometimes a mistake and a flaw is beautiful and that leads to something even more bigger and beautiful so i don't go and i mean i'm not crazy about perfection even though my dancers say i'm obsessed about it but in my mind my standards and my vision of what is beautiful uh, has to be justified you know so when i'm trying to create an idea i want to know if my idea has been translated into the bodies of my dancers and it's reaching the audience so communicating whether i'm creating a film number or a stage musical whether i'm creating a, a hardcore indian contemporary work communication is the most essential thing for me much more than perfection so technique perfection skill all that is there but at the end am i charging somebody with a sense of emotion is very important for me so uh, if that is not coming across then then it disturbs me a lot so there are two things that i really uh, pay attention to irrespective of the scale whether it's a solo or whether i'm working with 100 dancers um one if what is whatever is the vision i that i have in my mind is translating on stage second is whether a child is understanding what i'm saying whether an older person is able to understand what i'm saying whether somebody who knows the nuances of art is understanding what i'm saying and whether Or a like common me. man is understanding <laughs> <laughs> you know so um at the end i think that is very important for me so do you also allow improvisations from your dancers because you said flaws can become creative inspiration so do you allow them to improvise um depending on the project sometimes uh some of them have some areas where we allow improvisation mm. a lot of individual input um but when we're talking numbers like 100 dancers right when mm. you're talking scale there it's systems right imagine if two people start improvising in in between <laughs> this chaos that kind of trickles everywhere this especially happens when you're going with live music you know dancers with so much discipline warm up and you would have programmed your mind so much to follow a step and the musician will close his eyes and they'll go off on their own trip <laughs> and that time you won't know what is happening and especially if it's not a solo and you have a team of dancers you won't know how to cope with it so there are a lot of funny instances that happen with improvisation so improvisation in the studio is fantastic after a certain stage i think you have to make sure that there is uh, performance needs that take over yeah so don't get fooled when she says she's not after perfection okay <laughs> yeah yeah I, that I mean, that was quite yes. evident you know a you see you see the show she puts up b see her right it's so i don't know i don't know what she means when she says i'm not after perfection uh, like i said for me um aesthetics and detail are very very important in a piece of work so when i'm saying it should the vision that i have in my mind should kind of come through um so i i'll think about i'll really visualize an imagery 
you know so the the nuances of that has to come out that i'm particular funny instances you said that there have been a lot of funny instances anything that's like at that moment you felt oh my god this couldn't go worse but you've laughed about it later or it's probably like, walked out of the set and just tried to hide somewhere <laughs> when that happened there are too many to remember uh, <laughs> i don't know how many i can uh, come up with okay let me try um these were a little more during my early stages of nrutya uh, we had to once go up on stage and um, the entire stage was tilted so oh. so we were dancing and at the same time literally kind of you know sliding away we, we were skidding you know <laughs> and there's no balance and we we had this um, movement of twirling so it's completely putting you off balance and a lot of lot of mishaps happened there you know we started hitting each other and there was this one um, other in- incident of stage where uh, it was a dance festival and it was an all night dance festival so it was dusk to dawn so um, and our timing was um, around 2 am or so and we go up on stage and the dew drops have collected on the stage <laughs> and we are doing this amazingly acrobatic piece using ropes and all the dancers are holding each other with ropes and holding on the balance of it with resistance so some of the dancers are kind of leaning against you and there's one person holding the axis and with the dew drops and the crowd of about thousand odd people watching it was hilarious to the core you know <laughs> and one incident where the music system um it kept the music system was flawed and it kept tripping and going back to the um beginning so we <laughs> would finish 2 minutes of dance performance entire choreography skip and again from start and we did it thrice thrice <laughs> we did the same section of dance after which half the team just walked out they gave up they sweating profusely and they said this is it and they walked out and me uh, being the team leader i refused to quit stage i continued doing a solo dance there <laughs> and again oh man uh, until the music organizer realized uh, the event organizer realized and he went and put a stop on the system i refused to leave stage so that was another funny incident how and, long was that how sorry? long did the same song two I and a half minutes um i think it probably went on for like five times so which is about 10 minutes odd 10 minutes <laughs> and i kept improvising on my own that no nobody else was around so it became a solo you know i was on my own trip because i thought you never give up <laughs> and there was this other incident where we went on stage and um, um, the lights were so low that we Uh, so when you're on stage it's important for you to also work with the lights and the intensity of the lights so once it was so dim we couldn't see each other 
So the first step was so vigorous that one person poked into the other person's eye <laughs> and one person stepped on the other person's costume and it ripped. And someone heard the ripping noise in the dark. So they, the, there were two, three of them who started giggling and couldn't control. So, oh, yeah. if I if I was in the in the audience that day when somebody poked someone's eyes, I would have actually thought that was a creative flaw. You know, it just went with the flow. No, the best it. part is the audience couldn't see all this. They are also trying to see where the dancers are. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's when an event manager thinks they'll they'll get wise and you know get a local vendor with absolutely no skill. Okay, I, I I'm an event manager. If you ever have to perform at my event. I will assure you that you have the best lights and sound. Yeah, he, he downplayed that. He's one of the best event managers. So, yeah, I don't think that will ever be an issue. We're going, going to try to... that. You have to give me a couple of events, a couple of events, and only then I'll, <laughs> I'll vouch for that. Okay, yeah, done, done deal. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of go over, Mayuri, you've been in this industry for over two decades. And I know, you know, um, before that also you were into dance, but you know, actually taken up dancing as a profession and, you know, stayed for two decades or more. What are the changes that you've seen? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of, lot of improvements, a lot of changes that have happened in the industry per se, right? Uh, what are those changes? Have they worked well, not worked well? What is your reading of it? Mm, I think there's a bit of both. Mm, I think there's one set of them who are going with the changing trends and some who resist that. Some of them who who want to be purists and some of them who want to be rebellious. And I think a bit of both is required for art to happen. Over uh, in, in our country, I think um, the changes are slightly different if I have to look at the global scenario. So I would say there are two, two ways of looking at uh, or answering your question. One is within our country and one is um, beyond borders. Global, yeah. So within our country, I would say the concept of the profession of dance has been um, enormously accepted and encouraged today. Mm. And what you can do with your craft has opened up a lot. So you can you can choose to today be a performer or a teacher or a choreographer or or get into uh, you know specific area of research or there are innumerable possibilities. Um, so that is a good thing. The learning with technology has been again fantastic. There's a lot of self-learning that is happening along with a Guru Shishya Parampara. Mm. So I think in our country, there is a coexistence, a very beautiful coexistence of tradition and modern. Mm. Um, internationally, I feel there is a lot of new age art that's happening. And there is a lot of um, interdisciplinary art that's happening. Uh, there is a lot of mixed media that's happening, you know, uh, and I think I think people there are kind of um, 
about cracking new ideas. Here people are about preserving some of the best ideas. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there are, there are um, but I would say that the support for arts is extremely, extremely less in our country. And the value for art, even though we come from such a culturally rich country with a lot of diversity, um, the support uh, is very different. We feel like art is a luxury and not an essential, which is not how it's viewed internationally. Like even during these COVID times, uh, some of the best artists or art institutions, organizations have, have got a lot of support. You know, So they've given a basic minimum sustenance whereas here i think um it's uh, last preference and i have some of my dancers who who've joined a swiggy delivery or amazon delivery you know mm. so uh, yeah but you can't complain that's how the evolution is we are a culturally rich heritage country right and uh, like you said though though we are culturally rich and this is a part of our heritage that much importance is not given to art as a dance form and i'm sure that kind of reflects in other dance and in other art forms as well right see that is your perspective you've been here and you know you've seen it from close but then there are a lot of youngsters who just you know see some of like successes like you or you know other successful artists and feel like you know this is damn easy right if i'm great at what i do i will be successful which we are sensing is not necessarily the truth there is still a lot of hard work that goes into it right so what typically is you know a path for somebody who is like into art is fantastic at it what typically are the things that they should really be aware of when they say okay i want to take up dance as a career option i remember when when i wanted to take up dance as a career i'd spoken to one of these uh, very popular legends uh, called daksha seth and i mm-hmm. asked her what is your advice to me i want to be a dancer and i did a you know pranam to her so she said oh really um, the only ingredient is that you have to be mad and she said um, uh, my suggestion is don't take it up you know? and I, I really remember that and that stayed with me for a very long time and now when I look back I see a reason as to why she said that and it came out of a place of genuine genuine advice you know mm. um, because this field really tests you actually to maybe in every field to to sustain and to live in that field, it puts you through ups and downs like crazy. And frankly, I don't know what success is. There are a lot of times when I really question when, you know, like today's situation, I don't know what my next step is. So if you're saying you've been successful, you should have some kind of some kind of stability in life. No? So for an artist, there isn't one. So would you say that's successful? or bagging a few projects is successful i don't know you know it makes me really question the concept of success itself uh, to begin with um so my advice to somebody who 
wants to enter this field is that it's not a it's not a career that will show you instant success um, you'll have to have a lot of patience but more than that I think you'll need to have a lot of guts in you to take this up um, while you will see your peers your colleagues enter and earn a lot of money your journey will be extremely extremely different to reach a certain caliber in this you'll have to spend hours um, training yourself understanding yourself there is a lot of discipline um, more than hard hard work I would say there's a lot of smartness and intelligence required in this field because even though it is a profession where your body has to learn the skill it's the balance of the body and the mind and how you ultimately package your craft that's important and I think you can't exist in isolation so even though you say you're an artist you can't say I'll do a few kacheris and I'll take care unless you have a very rich family and uh, you know that sustains you but if you have to earn your bread through this field you have to figure out a way to communicate and be far more enterprising like you like I've had to do uh, projects for corporates I've had to do projects for government I've had to do projects for um, uh, you know schools to weddings uh, maybe some of them you enjoy some of them you don't but at the end you have to figure out what really uh, you need to create from your heart and at the same time what feeds your stomach you know so um, and this is something that you will have to find out for yourself and nobody nobody can teach you that no none of the institutions can teach you that so you will just come out of the uh, uh, even if you attend a dance institution a degree in dance you're just learning about 25-30% uh, of the craft the rest of the exam is out there for you to figure out so um, it's very demanding but at the same time it's extremely exciting so if you're up for risk challenge and excitement this is something you'll really um, this this essence of soul satisfaction is something it's uh, fantastic in this field like I've had the opportunity to meet the Prime Minister I've had I've had the opportunity to kind of uh, accept um, uh, you know go to a competition where uh, they, they've not announced Mayuri Upadhyaya they say this is the representative from Republic of India uh, you know I've had the power to come on stage with one spotlight captivate thousands and those are beautiful moments to live for so there is madness there is chaos but at the same time it's extremely beautiful so you have to I think first find out what you want really be sure and be patient in this field if you want to take it up so not just the madness add a method to the madness you've done two decades of dancing you've coached probably thousands of dancers you must have got about a hundred awards or probably more thousands thousand plus TV shows stage shows you're really exaggerating this, is, <laughs> this you should say after my death <laughs> okay yeah she, uh, we know how humble you are but yeah uh, so with all this achieved uh, can you give us your top moment 
in all these years no sorry there isn't one thing. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little greedy that okay. way <laughs> then maybe you can say a couple maybe wine. we can talk about uh, wine, wine and cheese uh, <laughs> now maybe you can talk about the moment where you were uh, representative of the republic of india see i'll tell you uh, there was there have been a hell lot of um, personal emotional moments for me um the republic of india moment was uh, the competition of choreography uh, which was um, uh, conducted by korea south korea so i had lost my father and um, when i won that competition that was for him you know and um, i won a bronze medal there and that was one of the most interesting learnings for me uh, because out of some 250 350 applicants where you had to submit your entire concept of choreography how you will execute and um, it had to be inspired by mythology so out of um, shortlisting all the candidates from the entire globe they called five people um one was from malaysia one was from um, israel one was uh, from india that's myself one was from south africa um and one was from uh, usa and we had a panel of 25 people um sitting to grill us on our thinking patterns so so we were all invited to seoul uh for one and a half days to take part in this competition as a final leg so when i went there these 25 of them all of us had, uh, we all had our translators so it was a moment that i never expected so i would have one question from uh, you know a korean person the next question would happen from um, a hindi speaking person the next would um, pop in in another language and I, constantly the translator would work and i had to kind of uh, feed to that and um, i didn't expect to bag this prize but when when it happened it was extremely um, a moment of high and i for me it was dedicated to my father and when i did madhushala for mr bachchan uh, that was another high for me when i created the musical and it looked beautiful magnanimous and ultimately um, mr bachchan walked up to me and held my hand and said babu ji ki yaad dila di tumhe so for me that was a bigger high you know so um, when you finish a dance sometimes you see the dancers cry uh, because the energy on stage is so powerful um we had done this project for 2611 in bombay uh, you know as uh, as a memorial service so when you when when they danced uh, we had done this piece on vande mataram so it was like a shanti mantra and the the energy in the air was so beautiful and powerful that after the whole piece happened we all dancers just huddled up and we cried and there was there was no exchange of words nothing you know and that was a most most interesting 
moment of high. Um, so, so yeah, like these are some of them. <laughs> Very emotional stuff, Mayuri. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's almost like living those moments with you, right? You're actually creating those moments for us and it's, it's beautiful. Now, there is a dream production that you keep talking about. Let's, let's end this podcast with what is going to be that big thing that Mayuri Upadhyaya is looking forward to in the next two decades of her life? Uh, actually, I think it's sleep. <laughs> um, okay. I, I think if I speak in detail about it, it's going to be jinxed, so I'm not going to. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. Vegas, baby. <laughs> so, yep, that's... Um, I really wish I can create something there. Yes. And we wish you all the best and be assured that, you know, we, you will go and create that magic that you already, always keep speaking about in Vegas. And we'll all be there to cheer you on and support you and be part of the magic. Uh, thank you so much for spending and time with us. I can probably us. manage this sound oh, yes. like. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, you know, I'll make a note of this. <laughs> thank you thank you guys thank you so much Mayuri thank you for being on the podcast um, you know I think it's been inspirational you've been able to create a lot uh, a very emotional journey for us in this past 50 minutes we wish you all the success and thank you for spending time with us thank, thank you, you. Thanks again for tuning into Bose DK the podcast. If you have a story to tell or if you know someone who has a unique story, hit me up on Instagram or reach out to DK on LinkedIn. Until next time, keep it real.